Mark Spellman, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School Cambridge Leadership Seminar podcast series today. The title of your talk won the award for the longest ever, A Multi-Speed World, Hope or Despair, a strategist's view on the key trends shaping the business world. So first question, what are those key trends? The whole reason behind the title was because we're in an era of uncertainty at the moment. And I think that as we look at uh, a world which is increasingly uncertain, it's important that one looks at the, uh, I think, the economic, the political, the social, the technology trends which are shaping the world both in the short term and in the longer term. And I think around economics, it's critically a multi-speed world. It's no longer about developed and emerging. I think... um, there are a huge set of issues around politics and governance. Uh, technology, we see the explosion, particularly around machine to machine computing. And socially, we've got the big issues around food and water and energy. And you talked about the financial crisis, didn't you? In particular, you said it wasn't one crisis, the economic crisis was three crises financial, trade, and the social crisis that resulted in unemployment because of debt and the crash in the markets. Are we still in those phases? Because you talked about us not using the term double dip recession anymore. The reason why it's important to think about the crisis across the three dimensions is because, in many ways, the economic uh, crisis has. Uh, gone now, we, but we still have the lingering effects of the financial crisis. We see that in terms of the need to restructure the banks. Uh, and clearly, there are huge concerns in many countries around the social uh, consequences of the downturn, particularly in terms of uh, youth unemployment. And so the reason why there's a lot of uncertainty still is because we still have a long way to go in terms of uh, banks and how we'll get the regulatory structures for banks going forward and clearly uh, we can look at the whole question about uh, recovery but recovery without jobs is still going to be a reality for many people in many countries particularly in the developed world and you talked about those global governance issues because those are social issues as well in that in terms of growth you had countries that would grow at one to three percent three to six percent or six plus percent and you rated indonesia well but you said actually china doesn't want to grow at beyond its underlying growth rate of eight percent ten percent because of those social issues and governance one of the dangers of the way that we look at the economy today is we talked about the developed world and the emerging market world. And, and my key message is that even within the developed world, we have very different growth rates. And you see that critically uh, in Europe, where Germany, I think, is doing particularly well, but clearly some of many countries in southern Europe are struggling. Uh, then there are many other interesting countries which are growing in this middle 3 to 6% range. And you can look at uh, places like Brazil and Russia and Turkey. And I think one of the most interesting countries is Indonesia, because it's 270 million people uh, it's emerging and moving very quickly so it's important to understand that there are other countries apart from just China and India. The key question around China is that uh, if China grows too rapidly the danger is inflation and an asset bubble as foreign capital is attracted in and so I think the thing to remember about China is that the underlying growth rate is always going to hover around 8%. 
But in terms of that multi-speed world, we're used to the language of it being China and um, India. They're going to overtake us. They're going to beat the West. I think the BBC reported that Japan had become, um, or China had overtaken Japan as the second large largest economy in the world, when in fact the economists thought it had happened 12 months previously. But we're getting all kinds of mixed messages about global world growth. Is that important to us or to the business strategists that they don't know how to interpret the information? It's very important that we understand that it's a multipolar world and that what matters now is that we're able to understand um, how to target particularly hotspots. But because we, the critical numbers are always 16% of the world's population is still accounting for 60, 60% of world GDP. It's important that any strategy has an and dimension. You have to be able to target developed markets and also work out how you get into new emerging markets without increasing the complexity of your organization uh, substantially. And to me, business strategy is now about um, looking at those hotspots thinking about how you adjust your products and services to meet those needs, whilst at the same time retaining market share, particularly in the large established markets. And you weren't pessimistic about the EU, as some are, either. You said that Spain had problems, but that Germany, its ageing population, that could be quite a good thing. There could be innovation there as people took their savings out of their, their houses. You don't share the same pessimism that others do. One of the key issues is how are we going to address growth going forward? And I think a lot of people tend to look at ageing and particularly things like resource scarcity as problems without understanding the true opportunities that they represent. So if you look at ageing, for example, and the German population, 24.5 million Germans are now over 60. And that represents a huge opportunity in terms of spending power. Uh, they also want uh, healthcare products. They want uh, new financial products to release equity. And so these represent new uh, market opportunities, just in the same way that resource scarcity and the decoupling of commodities from growth represents an opportunity for new products and services, particularly in the areas of uh, low-carbon energy. And do you think we're living in a world, you talked about the UN not being trusted but being efficient, and the G20 being perhaps not as well evolved as the UN, but we've got signs of this in terms of the revolution in Egypt, what's happening in Libya today, and the knock-on uh, impact on commodity prices, in this case oil. It is an uncertain world, and, and does democracy matter in that world and governance I think we're going through a very interesting sort of transitionary period. And the way I would explain it, particularly to those in the West, is that we made a move from G8 to G20, but I'm not sure that many of us have totally accepted what G20 means. I think we still want the world to be run on G8 uh, principles, even though uh, we've acknowledged the fact that uh, we're now in a G20 world. And the real issue is around uh, soft power. And you see that particularly in things like exchange rates that the Americans can no longer dictate terms to the Chinese, for example, about their currency. And so what we're seeing is the tectonic plate shifting. And what that means is that some of the, the bigger uh, institutions like the IMF are overweighted, particularly towards the Europeans. They're going to have to reflect, I think, a better balance 
with the new emerging economies. And, and at the same time, what we recognise is that there are issues like banking, energy and environment, and all of those are going to need new governance structures uh, as we look forward. And those carbon key metrics, because sustainability is very much part of that soft structure, that the uh, governance of the world in, in the future. Are we going to, if you like, be able to keep up the pressure on carbon emissions, on sustainability across global economies? Obviously, the fear is that um, with the downturn, the foot has come off the accelerator in terms of the whole question about sustainability. But I think that the fact that we got an agreement at Nagoya around biodiversity, which actually in many ways I think um, is hugely significant because not enough companies have thought about the implications of that, that actually set, um, I think, some processes in train which helped with the coming up of an agreement at Cancun. We've got Rio coming up in 2012. I don't think the pressure for uh, climate change agreements is going to go away. The key issue for business is to actually think through the implications. We're already seeing places like uh, carbon prices in operation in parts of Canada. And what I think business leaders need to really sort of begin to think about is it's not just the branding issues, it's not just the chief executive buying into the sustainability agenda, but it's how that ultimately translates through to becoming a core part of business and not just uh, an interesting thing to do. We're not there yet, but it is coming. And certainly all the indications in my mind is that as we start getting a carbon price it will fundamentally think and challenge the way that we look at our performance metrics and some of the key strategic decisions that we have to make. Now uh, Mark Spellman, Global Head of Strategy Accenture, you ended your Cambridge Leadership Seminar by talking about Accenture's recruitment process which of course was very popular with the MBA students here at the Cambridge Judge Business School, but uh, you told them that actually if they're going to start a career in consulting, they had to be able to link all these ideas to the client. It takes, as we've seen in, in your presentation today, some mental agility to do that thing, doesn't it? Particularly in this multi-speed world with all the indicators you've just talked to us about. I think in today's world, whether you're an MBA student or whether you're an executive, the, 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 most, thing, the most important thing is to look at the world through a, a, a multiple lens. In other words, don't just come off a, a UK base or a US base or a European base. I think you have to look at the world and the trends through uh, multiple lenses. So think about how a Chinese company might approach a particular situation. Think about China Mobile and look at 600 million customers. How is that company going to uh, approach the telecoms, the mobile market, particularly in Europe. Um, these are the multiple perspectives that I think increasingly we need to have. And then as you have a multiple perspective, you have to relate that to what does that mean for industry structure? Who are the key competitors? Not just the established players of today, but think about who are the new up-and-coming com companies. 42 of the largest 500 companies are now Chinese. How many are going to be Chinese in the course of the next five years? And that sort of dimension is what I'm looking for from people, uh, from the leaders of tomorrow, whether they are MBA students or whether they are business leaders to come. And just finally, it does seem that those MBA students are going to need every bit of their education and qualifications if they want a, a job with Accenture. They're going to have to pull together economics, politics and technology in this uncertain world. They're going to have to talk about convergence and be agile. 
Yes, I think critically what people need to, uh, I think, appreciate is that they need to have technical skills, um, whether those are uh, technology or functional skills, but they need to have a technical competence. They need to be able to, I think, work with other people, both other consultants as well as critically with clients. But they need to put it critically now into a global context which is uncertain, where companies are looking for agility, they're looking for help to speed up the decision-making cycles, and also, very importantly, they want results. They want value, and they don't want just projects, and they don't want reports. But what they're looking for is insights and acceleration, which helps them to get to the next frontier to drive growth and improve business profitability. Well, you've certainly taken us to the next frontier today. Mark Spellman, Global Head of Strategy for Accenture. Thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School Cambridge Leadership Seminar today. I've learned so much. Thanks very much indeed.